You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good afternoon, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you again today. How are you doing? I am well, thank you, Richard. What's happening for you this afternoon? Uh, well, I thought I'd confess slash, yeah, share slash confess with you, Joe, that I've um, <laughs> become hooked onto some reality TV. Uh, oh, no. No. Yes. <laughs> well, it's an interesting one, as always. Uh, but, okay. uh, yes, so I was scrolling around looking for a show on Netflix to, uh, yeah, um, for a break times and so on, and yeah. came across a show called Physical 100, uh, which is uh, 100 um, is from uh, Korea. And it's 100 amazing sort of fit people, athletics people, stuff like that, uh, who compete in a kind of elimination, uh, physical challenge stuff, kind of stuff. Um, Maybe not anything radical there. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of reality TV. I'm sure it's been done elsewhere. But (laughs) what I love about it is there's no um, host. So they, you know, just cut out the host entirely. Oh, wow. Yeah, you just pick things up by meeting the contestants. And I've actually been enjoying getting to know the contestants. They come from funny backgrounds like uh, Olympic wrestler or a fencer or a special forces lady or a um, a dancer. Um, And so, you know, they're all quite fit and and, uh, good at what they do. And and then uh, the challenges are are genuinely... um, they're generally interesting, exciting. They've got a, <laughs> it's not just sort of bashing into each other. There's a mix of speed and strength and stamina and intelligence. And so cool. the big, beefy bodybuilder, say, you know, who you think, oh, man, how, who can stop him, can end up, you know, losing out to a, to a gymnast or a, yeah. um, a fitness YouTuber or something like that. So, <laughs> um, and so do you get eliminated? Um, yes, there's a whole lot of elimination, and I've found okay. myself genuinely cheering on some of the underdogs. You know, like <laughs> the the 45 year old, um, you know, recently retired mixed martial arts guy. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> who would the, beat us on any activity on any day, yes. but because he's not yes. as young and sprightly as some of the other people in the show. <laughs> so, wow! Um, you know, cheering for the old guys or the the underdogs, and. Um, I'm loving the attitude of the, the contestants. They very often say that if they've been limited, eliminated, something like, uh, you know, they don't blame people. They say, look, I, I think I let my team down or I think I could have tried harder or, um, you know, I, I brought some dis- <laughs> dishonour to the wrestling profession or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, quite, I quite like the sort of sense of honour that, that people carrying into the game. So, yeah, you know, I've had to f- skip through a few things if it gets a bit repetitive, but um, there you go. Confession, Joe, I've, I've been hooked into some reality TV, physical 100. Yeah. Okay. So, now, here's the moment of truth. Have you started doing some of the 100 activities just to see oh, if you can do I, them? I have, Joe. That's a very perceptive <laughs> question. One of, the, uh, one of the early challenges is to see who can hang off a, a kind of metal frame for the longest, um, which well, is a very painful thing. And yeah. so, uh, and obviously the big uh, muscly, you know, bodybuilders, they, they fell off pretty quick into the, into the water. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, I've been sort of trying to think, how long can I hang on to a bar or a beam or something? So, how long can you hang on yeah. for? 
I haven't I haven't done the full test though. I, yeah, I might work my okay. way up to it, but I'm I'm kidding myself okay. that I could compete with the gymnast, you know. Or the, <laughs> and or I the also ice climber. Yeah. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be a bar over a pile of water so that it's actually like the proper test. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I could simulate that. Oh, that would be good. That would be fun. I'd like to uh, I'd like to get a bunch of friends together for a challenge like that. <sighs> Um, but anyway, that's my uh, that's my story. That's my distraction. Yeah, mm, nice. Uh, Joe, what about you? What have you been up to? Well, I um I happened to be in Nelson Bay on the weekend and saw mm. two, not one, but two special Australian native animals. So it oh was a bonanza. I've decided to call it a bonanza because yeah. it was very exciting. So I was in the water at Nelson Bay, which is just north of Newcastle, beautiful area and quite quiet water. I look up and there's a fin in the water and you think, uh, shark. No. Dolphin with her calf. It was glorious. And they just lolled about for quite a period and they were only about 25 metres away. Like they were very close. It was glorious. Um, So I stood and watched them for a while and then I was getting sunburned. So I was like, right, I've got to go. But they it was for anyone who's seen dolphins, you can't see dolphins too many times. I think I think they're just such a glorious animal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then later in the day, I thought, well, you know, my cup runneth over already. But I went out <laughs> and then I saw all these people looking up at this tree and what do we find but a baby koala in oh. the tree, in the wild. Like it was just one of those could never really happen in usual life. What's yeah. yeah, I hope he's not unwell, but I am <laughs> kind of moment well my friend took a photo uh because she's better but it was yeah quite a small little koala he was wedged in the v of a tree a eucalypt Mm. he looked pretty Mm. unfazed by all of us and we looked at him for a little while then we're like right let's go home but it was was one of those things i was like well that was nice thank you god (laughs) they do exist (laughs) that's uh that's so cute yes yeah Two animals there, yeah. natives in the wild. I, I don't think I've seen a koala in the wild, so that's a great privilege. I couldn't remember if I had or not, but either way, it was yeah. one of those. You look at it and then you go, "All right, well, let go. We'll go home now." <laughs> it well, was yeah. lovely. It was lovely so for you, the moment. <laughs> yes, now you mention it, I have seen one in the wild, and it, yeah, it was like that. It was like, well, I don't think this koala's going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so he's sitting there, not even eating. Looks yeah. like I'll head off now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that yes. was lovely and, a, and uh, quite a just a special treat. But um, God yeah, for his uh, the beautiful creation. Yeah, yeah that's amazing that's creatures. True. Yeah. That's true. Um, and what have you been reading in the Bible, Richard? Well, I've been doing a slow read, slow read through Jeremiah thirty six, yeah. and I thought I'd read that to you because I've just I'm struck by this this morning. Um, one of those ways you got like, I, I almost can't believe what I'm reading. Um, mm-hmm. So. You will have to go to Jeremiah 36 and we'll read a paragraph from verse 20. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Jeremiah has um, done some prophecy and his scribe Baruch has written it down um, and uh, the, the writing gets brought to the king. So 36 mm. verse 20, after they put the scroll in the room of Elishama the secretary, they went to the king in the courtyard and reported everything to him. The king sent Jehudi to get the scroll and Jehudi brought it from the room of Elishama the secretary and read it to the king and all the officials standing beside him. It was the ninth month and the king was sitting in the winter apartment with the fire burning in the fire pot in front of him. Whenever Jehudi had read three or four columns of the scroll, the king cut them off with a scribe's knife and threw them into the fire pot until the entire scroll was burned in the fire. The king and all his attendants who heard all these words showed no fear, nor did they tear their clothes. 
Even though El Nathan, Deliah and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. Instead, the king commanded Jeremiah, son of the king, Sarai, son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, son of Abdeel, to arrest Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord had hidden them. And I, you know, I, I just read that. I mean, I've read it before, but it just struck me again. I was reading through slowly. Yeah. Just wow. Like in terms of rejecting God's word, um, that's next level. Yeah. Uh, not only to go, oh, well, you know, that's something I'll have to have a think about. Um, or, you know, um, I might not bother reading that right now. You know, that's mm. a sort of rejection, really garden variety kind of stuff. But, mm. yeah, to actually slice off this handwritten scroll, you know, many hours of work. Precious. Mm. Precious material and just go boom into the fire. Mm. Oh, shocking. Mm. Even that it was cut off with the scribe's knife, which I imagine the scribe's knife was used to cut the parchment so mm. it could be joined or something like that. Like the, if it's the scribe's knife, it's not, I don't know what it's used for, but it doesn't belong to the king. It belongs to someone whose actual job is to write things, not yeah. not destroy writing. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a sharp tool. It's not a sort of ordinary sword. I think it's a yeah. tool for slicing. And, and it's, yeah, it no slows spear. right. Yeah, it slows right down, doesn't it? And it, mm. it descri- quite quite vividly describes this awful moment. Yeah, the, no fear. So interesting. Mm. 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 And they didn't tear their clothes. Yeah, but you could see El Nathan and Delia and Gumara were like, whoa, hang on, this is really bad. Don't do this. Mm. But, yeah. So, uh, and, and Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah were hidden by God. Mm. I wonder if it's Baruch the scribe's knife. Yeah. Mm. Uh, don't know. Don't know. That could yeah. be. So uh, I'm not sure, you know, where to go with that. Yeah. It was just like, um, yeah, real, real insight into the rejection of God's word. And mm. I reckon it'll, you know, it'll help in the whole of Jeremiah to read, to make sense of, you know, the judgment that comes upon them. Um, mm. If this is what their king is doing, then mm. Mm. Um, it just shows how much the, the king is and, and much of the nation along with him is kind of, is kind of done with God. So. Mm. What did it make you think about the the like how we read this section with New Testament art, like post Jesus coming, dying, rising again, and now ascended to God's right hand? Mm. How do you how does that shape how you've read this story? It's not just a story of the Old Testament. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, without the light of the gospel, without God's Holy Spirit in us, um, we are yeah just as likely inclined to mm. uh, reject God's word in this mm. way. Um, and so, yeah, it's only by grace that um, the Lord has opened our eyes and that um, we can yeah, be at a place where we love God's word. Not that we mm. listen to it all the time. And, yeah, mm. certainly we depend on God for his grace and for our, our foolishness and sin that, that still impairs our reading. Mm. But um, big difference now to have the spirit and um, in us, yeah, listening yeah. to God's word. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm picturing the, the Romans 1 warning that we've all turned away um like that that we've been given over to our sin and that actually god saved us out of that murkiness and so when i see jehoiakim doing what he's doing i'm meant to see how he um was a sinner and Mm. i also am a sinner saved so i Mm. yeah i agree with you so Mm, hope in jesus beyond the the murkiness and darkness of (laughs) sin Wow, uh, what a sobering passage. Yes, very sobering. So uh, we'll see what happens next on my slow read. There could be more mm. <laughs> more sobering stuff to come. Mm. Um, mm. But, Joe, you've 
been a, into a bit of Old Testament as well? Yeah. We? Well, last week we talked about how Josie and I were getting into Ezra and Nehemiah, the end of yeah. um, like the return of uh, the Jews to Jerusalem, etc. Yeah. And we're going to start that as a bit of a project for the year. Anyway, I got out a reference text, which I love, and I wanted to keep reading it. So I've just kept reading a little bit. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten through heaps of it, but it's um, it's this really convenient resource that I got at some point during college. It's called mm-hmm. Old Testament Survi- Survey. It's mm-hmm. the second edition. It's the message, form, and background of the Old Testament. It's written by three gentlemen, um, Lasore, Hubbard, and Bush. Mm-hmm. And what's great about it is, is it familiar to you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So for those who haven't seen it before, it's a, it's it's the ideal reference text in that um, they have chapters you can access some big um, some big discussions about the structures of, of of the Old Testament as a whole and key different groupings in the Old Testament or genre. So things like the writings and the prophets and the histories, but it also has quite accessible chapters um, here and there about different books. And so I thought, all right, I'll have a look at. Ezra and Nehemiah, and I just have found it really interesting. There's some pictures of um, the Cyrus Cylinder, which Ooh. was what was like an artifact acknowledging the release of the um, the exiles, the Jewish exiles, to go back and re- reconstruct the temple. Wow, I don't that's know, cool. Yeah, I was looking at it thinking, I don't know what this is. It's a cylinder, <laughs> but I've never heard of it before. So I just had a little look at it and tried to read what was going on and I thought, well, that would be yeah. fascinating to see. It's apparently in the British Museum. Yeah. Um, but the thing that struck me, um, I've always thought of Ezra and Nehemiah as very separate books, but it's mm-hmm. drawing together the two books as one, mm-hmm. um, you know, suggesting that the division of them in the Hebrew Bible came much later, say in the 15th century oh. um, by Christians. But actually that, that if you read the two of them together, you get this picture of, a few different things happening. So the um, essentially the return of the exiles and rebuilding of the temple and then the establishment of the community and both the physical surroundings like the gates and, and such from Nehemiah and then mm. religious life with, with Ezra. Mm. And they have this lovely quote, and this is what I love about the book. It often has this little box here or there with some, with some scripture. Mm-hmm. And it has this little bit from Nehemiah, which I loved, and it says, Now therefore our God, the great and mighty an awesome God, keeping covenant and steadfast love, do not tri- treat lightly all the hardship that has come upon us since the, the time of the kings of Assyria until today. Um, here we are, slaves to this day, slaves in the land that you gave to our ancestors to enjoy its fruit and its good gifts. And it continues on. Mm. And I really enjoyed that. It was a little section from parts of Nehemiah 9. There's a bit of an ellipsis in there. But what really struck me was the fact that they acknowledged that they that from their kings of Assyria, from the times of the kings of Assyria until today, they've been under hardship. And it makes me remember mm. that though the Jews were, the, were put into exile by Babylon, there yeah. was the threat of the Assyrians constantly during that season. And God shielded yeah. them from the Assyrians in so many ways. They were still in this huge season of warfare 200 years before the Babylonians mm. really took over and they sent them into exile. Mm. Anyway, and so it just got me thinking about how I'm thankful that at some point later during the times of Nehemiah, they are crying out to their God and they can see how he has shielded them and preserved them as mm. people of Judah. And Yeah, but it got me thinking about that they could look back to the times of the kings of Assyria and see that they were facing hardship back then Yeah, and identified with those moments and now looking to for the help from God that they need. 
Yeah, mm. it's such a humble prayer. Yeah, they're mm. not, it's not like um, you know we're 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 really awesome. You know, we mm. had a bit of a blip on our record, but basically, you know, we're yeah we're amazing. Yeah, um, and it's interesting <laughs> in contrast to them cutting up the scrolls at the end of this section of Nehemiah nine. They make a sealed document with a firm agreement in writing where they inscribe the name of officials, the Levites and the priests. Mm. And so this is a moment of great commitment, a public commitment on a document. Um, and it's like, like a distinct contrast between the, the burning of the scripture in yeah. Jehoiakim's time and the reaffirming of, of um, you know, allegiance to God in Nehemiah. Yeah, and a, a commitment to that, hey, let's get this Levitical worship going up. Yeah, let's work out who our priests are and mm. and, and try and do what the law says. That's, mm. Um, mm. Oh yeah, nice contrast. Mm. <laughs> it's good when the, yeah to have that writing as a contrast to the burning. Yeah, um, yeah, excellent. And so this uh, Old Testament survey, why why not just uh, read the Bible, say Joe? Why, why yeah, um, I mean, go something I, a bit extra? I do think you start in the text in the Bible mm -hmm. text, but I am a big believer in. Um, some godly Christians and sometimes even not people who aren't Christians have put a lot of hard, careful work into engaging with the historical realities and the historical sources um, that are around in Bible times or are, you know, the Bible texts themselves. And particularly if those are um, Reformed evangelical scholars, yeah. they have a lot to offer. We have a lot to learn from them. It, we don't treat it like scripture. We always weigh it mm. um, when we, we never have to weigh the scriptures. It's always true for us. But, um, yeah, I, I find it, for me, it makes my mind enjoy and indulge in the Bible in a different way because I can I can see it's a, it's it comes more alive for me, I guess. I don't need it, but I love it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well put. No, mm. I agree 100%. Ah, thanks, mate. <laughs> Well, we are out of time. It has been great chatting, uh, yeah, native animals, mm. reality, physical contests, yes. burning of scrolls, and, uh, yeah, the, the deeper look into Ezra and Nehemiah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And um, if anyone would, you know, you're listening along and you think, hey, I've got something to tell, Richard and Joe, uh, some of us you will have your, our, some of you will have our personal email addresses or our mobile numbers and we'd love to hear from you but if you don't we would also love to hear from you at homegrownfaith at hunterbiblechurch.org flick us an email we would love to hear from you yeah fantastic mm -hmm. well um enjoy the rest of your afternoon joe and uh, we'll chat again soon sounds good bye, bye.